Welcome to Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. In this episode, we're breaking down the first of the three pillars of digital marketing, search. It starts right now. Digital Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Araxum, your resource for marketing and technology. For more information, go to araxum.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. So this is a happy hour, and what happy hour is complete without a few beverages. Ryan, what are you drinking this week? You know, I am going in, I've done it before, I I get in these little phases and, you know, I kind of go all in on this, you know, it was fall and every once in a while I got to take a break after I have enough Oktoberfest, I kind of like to switch it up. So I'm going for the uh, Modelo Especial, which is great, especially when you have some uh, guacamole, chips and salsa. Oh, it's a perfect pairing for happy hour. What are you drinking, Chris? You know, it's funny. I started drinking cider for last week's episode and then Jason mentioned it and now I'm on a cider kick again. I don't know if it's just the fall time of year, but uh, I just went with a simple uh, Angry Orchard cider, which is uh, actually one of my favorites. So it's a good one. We have our beverages in hand. So Chris, let's get started. He's Chris Casale. I'm Ryan Smith. Thank you for joining us this week on Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If you're new to our podcast, then welcome. It's great to have you listening. If you're a repeat listener, as always, thank you so much for once again listening to another episode. And if you continue to find value in this podcast, please, please, we really ask that you leave us a review on where you're listening, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, really helps spread the news of Digital Marketing Happy Hour. A few months ago, we had the opportunity to have Neil Schaefer on the podcast, and that was a great interview. Definitely recommend you go back and check that episode out. But one of the things that he talked about with us is the three pillars of digital marketing. And a few weeks after that episode, Ryan and I recorded a podcast dedicated to those three pillars. Well, thanks to your feedback on social media, we found that that really resonated and that our listeners really wanted to hear more about that. So this is the first part of a three-episode series where we're breaking down those three pillars of digital marketing. And today we're starting with search. Now, Ryan, search is dead. So why would we start there? You know, it's, it's funny. You, you hear that, especially with the SEO world, yet everybody continues to do searches. Now you see it more on your phone, maybe than your traditional you know, desktop or laptop. But as long as there has been a Google search engine, we understand it's not the only search engine, but it is the most popular. There has always been the importance for optimizing your content and your website for search. It is as important today as it's ever been. So what is search? Search comes in a variety of ways. If you think back to early on, the first thing people think of is just the keywords, right? You put some keywords in and then it comes up you know, whatever you're searching for. Specifically, back in the day, it had to be an exact match. If you got a word wrong, you kind of threw all of your your results were off because of that. Keywords is still a very important part of this. Now, it's not the only thing that is important. Google has gotten smarter, so it's not just an exact match keyword phrase anymore. Along came RankBrain. So really just to, to dive in real quick at a very high level, RankBrain is just an AI algorithm that Google uses to sort through its search results. Basically, 
Google can better understand what you're saying and understands synonyms. And one way to test this, and you've seen this on yourself, if you've ever made a typo when you're doing a Google search, and then right underneath in the search results at the very top, Google states, did you mean dot, 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 whatever it is that you're trying to search for. That lets you know, and most of the time it gets it right. I'd say probably 99% of the time it gets, did you mean that criteria correct? That's rank brain. That's Google has learned and is becoming a lot smarter. So you have to think about that as well. So the days of just that exact match, those are gone. Google under, better understands synonyms and it's slowly getting better at understanding context. Yeah, and I think that's important because over time with search, we've moved away from that exact match on keywords to things that are sort of similar and fit those synonyms, as you mentioned. However, there's still some value in the keywords that you choose for the content you're producing. And what I mean by that is in the United States, we call it a bar. That's where we go to have our happy hours. But in the United Kingdom, it's called a pub. And even though bar and pub can be used uh, synonymously and changed out very easily, the type of language you use is also directed at the audience that you're trying to attract. And Google knows that. So that can help influence the search results there. Another example we like to use with that is the term soccer versus football. Well, in the United States, football means something very different than it does to the rest of the world. And so knowing that when you're designing your keyword phrases is very important because it's looking at the context of the content that you're building. And when somebody's searching, it's trying to match that general search phrase with relevant content for the audience it's attempting to reach. Additionally, when it comes to search, voice search is become bigger now than it ever has been, and it will continue to increase as we move forward. So again, is Google becoming smarter? Absolutely. When you're using the Google Assistant in the Google app, or if you're using Siri for search, that is something that all of these search engines are learning along. So you have your traditional keyword search, you have your voice search, additional types of searches that Google, for example, will do is in your Google images and even through Google Maps. So if you've ever heard this phrase that SEO is dead, stay away from those people. They don't know what they're talking about. SEO has evolved as we've talked about in the past, but the fact that you don't have to optimize for search engines is completely false. And if anything, you have to continue to optimize more, but you might have to evolve as Google has evolved. So just to clarify again, when it comes to Google, it's smarter, it better understands synonyms, it better understands context, and it can perform those different searches through voice, through traditional keywords, as well as through Google images and through Google Maps. Part of the reason search is a key pillar in digital marketing is because of the way people consume information and make purchasing decisions. Trustradius published just this year in 2020, the B2B buying disconnect report. And in it, there's a stat that says the average buyer consults 5.1 sources of information along their path to purchase. Now, I actually think that number is a little bit low. I think most of us consult more than five pieces of information when we're trying to make a buying decision. Naturally, the purchase or the, the amount of information we consume is based on the dollar amount that's attached to the purchase, right? If we're buying something very, very large, very, very expensive, something that maybe we ha even have to finance over time, you're going to consult a lot of information to make sure that you're making the right choice. If it's 
something less expensive. Uh, that might be sort of a, a whim purchase, right? If you're <laughs> if you're in the convenience store and you're looking for a soda, then you're not going to consult information. You're just going to pick the one that's right in front of you or the one that you're you're most familiar with, right? Making sure that your content is properly indexed in the search engines. And that's what Ryan's talking about there when he says evolving it to make sure that, you know, you're not looking for exact match on keywords, but you're making sure that you're showing up for the relevant audiences and the relevant terms so that when individuals are doing those searches, the information that you're presenting becomes one of the pieces of information they consume while they're on that buyer's journey. And hopefully, if it's done properly, will help influence them in their decision making. So we talked a lot about sort of how the keywords have evolved, but understanding what people are saying and what they're typing in to get to your website is still important. Several years ago, Google removed the ability to see what keywords users were typing in to get to your website. So if you go into today and Google Analytics, you go to organic and you try to look at it, it's going to say not set, which basically means you have no clue what they're saying. However, there's one other property Google related that you can actually see the keywords that people are typing in. And that's Google Search Console. So do a Google search for Search Console and you'll find it. It used to be called Webmaster Tools because it was dedicated more to webmasters. And as Google evolves in how it searches and and ranks and keywords, so has some of their tools. So they rebranded Webmaster Tools called Search Console. It's very powerful and it should be part of the tools that you look at on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to understand where your web, the health of your website and what types of keywords people are searching for. So they won't say keywords in search console. It will say queries and you can find out the different types of queries that people are searching for. So it'll give you the impressions. So basically means if your web page ranked for certain query. Now it doesn't mean it's on the first page. It could be on the ninth page, but it gives you an idea if Google is serving your content up at some point. I highly recommend if you haven't been there, go to search console, see what pages are ranking, if they're even being served up, and it'll give you an idea if they're getting clicks on there. So you'll have an idea what your click-through rate is. Organic click-through rates is an indicator. It is a signal for Google. So that is something you would like to see up there. And obviously the higher you rank organically anyway, the chances are you're going to have a high click-through rate. But you definitely want to have a higher click-through rate and Search Console will give you that information. So I kind of wanted to go there because it's the last tool that Google will give you where you can have the keywords. Now, there are other keywords. There's SEMrush. There's other tools that you can find. There's Ubersuggest. They'll give you kind of an idea of the, the keywords that are out there. But just from a Google property, this is probably the last one. And who knows, eventually they might even remove that. We just don't know. But for now, you have the ability to see what keywords people are typing in to get to your website. I can't stress the importance of Search Console enough. I know that when Ryan and I are consulting with clients, the first place we go to is Google Analytics, but the second is Search Console. And even better, there's an ability that once you have access to both of those properties, you can integrate them into your Google Analytics reporting so you can get access to a lot of data that will show you how you're performing with the organic search results. And that can help you make better decisions about what type of content to produce, what keywords to use, what's resonating with your audience and things like that. So it is an absolutely vital tool from a search engine perspective. I can also tell you that some of our experience with clients, we've seen cases where they pay very expensive SEO agencies to go out and help increase their organic ranking, and they never ask for access to Search Console. 
that to me is a huge red flag. It tells me that they're using a lot of maybe not black hat techniques, but what I would consider more gray hat, which are things that are designed to fool Google into propping up the website. The problem with those is in time, they always fall flat. If you're looking for long-term sustainable results, you have to start with Search Console. SparkTuro came out with a stat through their research. 93% of all traffic in the USA comes from Google Search, Google Images, and Google Maps. That's massive. And I would say it's even bigger if you are a small to medium-sized business. It's even bigger if you have a brick-and-mortar store. Why is that for them and not necessarily as important for the enterprises that are global? It's because specifically the Google Maps part of it, where people are navigating to get to your retail outlet, your brick and mortar restaurant, whatever it is, it's extremely important because users today tend to use Google Maps as it is the new version of the yellow pages or the white pages. Go into Google Maps, do a search for a business if you want to call them, and then you hit the call button and it automatically you know, calls the business that you're looking for. You need to optimize for all of this. Sticking, for example, with Google Maps, how you optimize in Google Maps is through Google My Business. And that basically is your master profile in Google. Now, whether you're a B2B or B2C, you have to have a presence on Google My Business. It's extremely important. Google My Business is kind of your second website. It's a Google-owned website in a way, but you have to treat it like your own website. How you do that is you optimize it. So especially if you are a, a brick and mortar, you want to make sure your hours of operation are there. In this COVID-19 pandemic era, if things change, your hours change, that's a great place to update that information. You update it on your website, but you have to make sure that you update it on your Google My Business because it's going to show in a couple of places. When someone does a Google search and on the right-hand side of that, it's called the knowledge panel, Whatever changes you make will show up there, especially have to do if it has to do with your hours of operation. If someone's in Google Maps, it will also show up and populate that new information will show up there as well. So it's really important that you optimize your Google My Business. Number two is there's a place in Google My Business to upload images, upload photos, extremely important. Your customers have the ability to even without you paying attention to it, they could be uploading images. You want to verify that A, those are images of your place. Make sure that they're okay. And there's nothing that needs to be flagged as inappropriate. There's the ability to notify Google and say, hey, this image is maybe it's not appropriate or this isn't even my place. It's uh, you know, a restaurant across the street, something like that. I recently came across a, uh, a small business in New Jersey that actually had to flag it because the outside building wasn't even their building. It was next door but it showed up for their business. So those are all things that you have to monitor and they are important in the search world. And then last but not least, the posts. It is vital that you update and put posts in Google My Business. And the reason for that is the Google bot that scans your website and it indexes your website. So when people are typing in content, it knows where to find that specific content on your website. It does the exact same thing in Google My Business. So if you're posting images and you have a promotion or you have an event coming up, put it in Google My Business. The Google bot is going to read that. The more information you continue to upload in Google My Business over the long term, it's kind of like you're fishing and you're casting that net. When you upload Google My Business, you are also giving a wider net for Google to search and to scan. And you have the ability for your information 
to reach out and go further away. So in the small to medium space, when you are a local business, and I bring this up because we do have a, a good amount of local businesses that do listen to this podcast. The number one criteria or the top, one of the top criterias of whether you show up to somebody who's doing a search and they're standing outside your business, or maybe they're across town, proximity of the search to your business is huge. The closer you are, the greater chance you have to come up. So that's something you can't change. You can't change where your business is located to where somebody's doing a search. But how you can help move the needle a little bit is by producing and adding content on your Google My Business page. This will start to open up your reach where maybe you might extend a half a mile further away or a mile or five miles. Maybe not that far, but you never know. So it's important to optimize for search, not just for the search engines or your images, but it's very important for your Google My Business to upload and optimize that as well. Those are all great examples of what Ryan and I were talking about at the beginning of the podcast in reference to the diversity of search. When you're talking about Google Maps, it's more of a location-based search. When you're talking about Google Images, it's the ability to search photos and images. I have to tell you, I just used Google Image Search for the first time the other day, the ability to upload an image and have it return search results. And I know that's probably ridiculous because it's been around for such a long time, but I had just never had a reason to use it before. And the amount of information I found was just mind-boggling to me. I, I was sort of blown away that I hadn't found this sooner and hadn't used it sooner. So it's just another tool that you can leverage if you're, you know, you're properly putting your information out there. Help be found. Another element that's so important is, you know, Ryan mentioned local search. This is key because 76% of people who search for something on their smartphone for something that's nearby visit that local business within one day of their search. And that's not necessarily a surprising number, but it's definitely an impressive one, 76%. So even if you're running a local brick and mortar location, you wanna make sure that you're properly positioned in the search engines so that you're found when individuals are doing these searches so that they will come to your location. It really emphasizes the importance of that local search, which really means local content, local relevant content for the individuals that live, work, and play in the area that you're looking to do business in. And that's a great stat that was provided by Google. So a lot of research has gone into that. And it is important, again, why you need to optimize for search. And it just goes beyond keywords. It's also the different various platforms that you need to optimize for. So if it feels like we're hammering this home over again, well, it's because we are. And it's important that you recognize the different areas that you do need to optimize. So it's, we're beyond just optimizing for page titles and your H1 tags on your website. It really does. It kind of goes off your website and onto some of these other areas as well. Speaking of SEO, Bright Edge reports that SEO drives 1,000% more traffic than organic social media. And if you hear that, it's a lot. You think a thousand percent more, but then if you kind of start thinking back about what has happened specifically with Facebook and its organic, you're actually starting to see, you know, Facebook, it's maybe 5%. Uh, you know, I've seen some, some areas maybe get up to nine, 10% of your organic reach that occurs on Facebook organically. Clearly Facebook and Instagram, as well as others, they're putting everything into you spending advertising. So while they have the ability to 
expand your reach on those organically, they need your advertising dollars. So they're going to limit how much people actually get to see from you. Now, I would say the one outlier in all of this of organic reach that really can make a difference is TikTok. Organic videos on TikTok are still going through the roof. Absolutely. And it will be like this for a little while longer. How long? It's hard to say. At some point, TikTok is going to do what everybody else does, and they're going to limit your organic reach because they need to get the advertising dollars. For now, TikTok videos, massive. And if you haven't done it, you need to get in there and start doing it. It works for businesses. You don't have to just make, you know, be 14 years old and making music videos. It is way beyond that. And uh, Gary Vee has been preaching that for a while. Obviously, that's not the type of videos he's producing, but he's getting huge traction. And even the local small businesses can see big results from that. So that's the one caveat to this where you are getting a lot of organic reach is TikTok. Everywhere else, it's not even close and pales in comparison to what SEO can do if you make sure that you are optimizing uh, your website. So want to put that out there. So that's the first reason. Uh, Chris, what are some of the other reasons why you don't want to put maybe all of your eggs in one basket, let's say like Facebook? Yeah, those are great examples. And you mentioned TikTok in particular. TikTok is the hot commodity right now, but it's also going through an acquisition phase. So it's hard to say what the future of TikTok will be. Will it be as dynamic uh, in the future as it is today? We hope so, but we certainly have no way of knowing. So one of the reasons that social media is a, a fantastic tool that you should absolutely be using, there is a pillar dedicated to social media. So we're going to talk on this subject a lot more in the coming weeks here. But the best analogy that I like to use is social media platforms are kind of like timeshares in that you can use the space, but you never really own the property. And the reason that's important is because if those platforms change their terms of service or they change the way they work or they start to limit the amount of organic traction that you're receiving, as, as Facebook was famous for, there's really very little that you can do about it. However, the properties that you own, things like your blog and your website, are not limited by the constraints of the terms of service of those social media platforms. So growing the exposure of your website or your blog, you're in complete control of that in the future. And that's one of the key reasons that organic search traffic is so valuable. As we're speaking about the importance of that organic search traffic, everybody's target is to rank number one in Google for any particular search phrase that they're looking to target. But there's also a disparity in the value of that number one position when you're on a mobile device versus a desktop. For example, the number one position or the number one rank on a mobile device will actually get you 27.7% of the clicks according to SEO Clarity. Whereas that same number one position on desktop will only get you 19.3% of the clicks. That is a huge disparity. Those are amazing numbers. I think that typically what you see is smaller screens result in less engagement on virtually every type of content. Maybe the exception to that is games. I think this stat, even though you're seeing more clicks on the mobile side of things, actually supports that view. Because on a desktop, people are able to scroll down and look at more sites, and then when they pick the site that they're clicking through, they're able to engage with it more. Whereas on the mobile side of things, it's just getting the job done. I think that really sums it up very well. Mobile is great because technically two thirds of your traffic is usually going to come to your website from people on a mobile device. However, if you're talking about conversions, lead form fill outs, those types of submissions 
typically, not always, there's there's different cases, but you're going to see those come more from your desktop. So we kind of wanted just to show you a little bit about why it's important to get that number one in both mobile, which the majority of people are searching on mobile and desktop. There is a difference in the amount of clicks. The smaller your screen is, you know, you're not going to have that many options on a mobile device. You're going to have to take your finger and swipe up a couple of times to get all the way through the bottom of the search engine results page. So optimizing your site to get the top of mobile is key. And you have a distinct advantage than you do over people on desktop. When people click through on a desktop to your website, you have a greater chance of them filling out a form compared to mobile. So both are great. You need to optimize it for search for both. And now you can see a little bit of the results when people come to your websites. Less engagement from mobile. Now, the key is bringing them back through mobile. That's a whole nother topic. And then when they come organically on their desktop, that they're going to spend a little bit more time and, and engage more from that. So... We really want to, again, kind of stress not just the importance of search, but some results of what optimizing for search can really do for your business and for your marketing efforts. And lastly, we talked at the very beginning of this about voice search. And it's really interesting. Backlinko came up with their own research and says that websites with a strong domain authority, a domain authority basically is kind of like the score that Google gives you, the higher you, you get to 100, you know, you're in the Apple world, the Microsoft world, the Amazon world of, you know, of websites to you get down to like a one, two or three. That's kind of the mom and pop who are just kind of creating a blog who don't do anything with it to give you a, an understanding between the high ranking and low ranking. So that's what a domain authority is. So websites with strong domain authority, they tend to rank well in voice search. So in fact, the average domain rating of Google Home results in a domain score of 76.8. If you're really small and you don't do a whole lot, or even if you put some pretty good effort into it, at this stage of the game, you're probably not going to rank on the first page for people doing voice search. We want to let you know that not to not think about it, but also to have a better ballpark and understanding of when people are doing voice search, what does it really take to show up on the first page for voice search? And so Google does have a little bit of a distinction of the search returns it shows on the first page for maybe a traditional keyword search as compared to a voice search that you're doing on your phone. So we definitely just wanted to bring that up and, and give you a better, you know, understanding and a little bit of measurement compared to everything else when it comes to voice search. So Chris, after talking about the pillar of digital marketing today's is focused on is search. What is one takeaway that you want our audience listeners to gain from this episode? Yeah, that's a great question, Ryan. I'm actually going to give you two takeaways. And the first one is search is absolutely not dead. So if you've heard that before, throw that idea out. But the second is, you know, again, when we talk about search, it's all about authenticity. It's about being genuine. We're not talking about gaming the search engines to rank better. We're talking about producing content, any form of content that is valuable to your audience that will allow you to get found for the key phrases that you're looking for. And that will be across Google Maps. It'll be across Google Images. It'll be on, you know, your search, your social platforms, all of that stuff. So maintain that authenticity through everything that you do. What about you, Ryan? What's your one takeaway for today? And again, the two takes, SEO is not dead. It is extremely important. And again, when it comes to search, 
it's important to do more than just optimize your website. You have to take advantage of Google My Business. In the last year and a half to two years, Google put a lot of resources and they invested in Google My Business. That's a signal to everyone else that it's important and it means something in the rankings. Optimize your Google My Business page, post on there, make sure that your name is the same that you have on your website, make sure your hours of operation are the same that you have on your website, and also post, create engaging posts based off of the images that you're using, put in a lot of text, Google reads that text. So my takeaway is don't neglect Google My Business, make sure that you put all of your efforts, check it routinely, audit it. And it's not only made for brick and mortar, small to medium sized businesses. It really is Google My Business is made for everybody, whether you're an enterprise or you're a solopreneur. So that will wrap another episode of Digital Marketing Happy Hour, but no episode is complete without the Keep It Light segment. Ryan, what are you binge watching or reading this week? You know, what has consumed me, honestly, and I'm saying this from a completely objective standpoint, is watching the media coverage of the U.S. presidency election. So forget the politics component of it. I like to step back and see all the different networks and the viewpoints that they take and how they can take, everybody can take one single stat and how they skew it to fit their sort of narrative. So from a marketing standpoint, that has really something that I've just been consuming and, and going through all the different networks watching. And it really just kind of opens your eyes a little bit, how everybody can take certain numbers where it's voting, or you can use it in your own business and take stats and how people kind of create their own narrative behind that. So for me, it's just been fascinating to just to watch this whole thing continue to play out. So for me, uh, I hate to say it, that's kind of what I've been uh, binge watching uh, these last few days. Chris, what are you watching or listening to? It's funny. The reason you're watching the news is the reason I'm personally avoiding it, which which is <laughs> I just don't want to hear it or deal with it or listen to all these different perspectives anymore. But honestly, in turning off the news the last week, I found myself to be a lot happier. So I'm keeping on that trend. I actually found a show on Netflix. It was originally on AMC called Turn, which is about the spies or George Washington spies during the American Revolutionary War. And it's a very well done show. It's got a lot of history in it, but it's just very entertaining to watch. And it's kind of an edge of your seat thriller with what's going to happen with each stage. And I'm really enjoying it. And it's a, if you're a history buff, definitely worth checking out. Very cool. Very cool. I've not heard of that one. So I'm definitely have to look at it, see it on Netflix. Well, we would like to hear from you. If there's something that you loved, let us know. But always, if there's something you disagreed with, especially when it comes to search, we want to hear from you. What are your experiences? What are you seeing when it comes to search? How are you showing up in the results? Let us know. Reach out to us. Send us an email, podcast at araxam.com. That's podcast at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. Also, find us on social media. You can hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram. It's at Ryan Smith FLA, go to LinkedIn and you can do a search Ryan Smith marketing, or of course, just type in Araxum and LinkedIn and you'll find us there. Yeah. You can also find us under digital marketing happy hour on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm on Twitter as well at real Chris Caselli. That's R E A L C H R I S C A S A L E. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast. We sincerely hope it will enlighten your day. After all, it is our mom's favorite podcast. And on that note, Chris, everyone, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Be kind to each other. 
Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits In My Pocket by Jazzer, you can find it on their album Message. Learn more at BetterWithMusic.com. Thank you for listening.